never assume work. My kickboxing coach had a saying, if I didn't see it, it didn't happen. So he'd sit me there to bench press with 100 kilo, bench, bench, bench. He'd go out and talk on the phone. He'd come back 20 minutes later, my arms are obliterated. How many did you do? 62. No, I didn't see it. Start again. If he didn't see it, it didn't happen. If he didn't witness it with his own eyes, it literally did not exist in the universe. That's his universe, that's the world he lives in. If he didn't see it, it didn't happen. It's the same with your work. Don't assume work from your staff. Don't assume things are done. Check on them. If you don't see shit happen, it didn't happen. This is true of the world. It's especially true, I learned this one, I knew this one anyway, but it's especially true with like the cam girls. I worked and I did 10 hours, I made videos, da, da, da. If you didn't see it, it didn't happen. It's this way with 99% of things in life. If you ain't seeing it, it doesn't happen. It's also, you can apply this to binary, is thing, are things done or not? What you'll often have in business is you'll ask somebody something, is this done? Yeah, 20 minutes. Do you know what that means to me? It means no, it's not done. It's still not done. This happens all the time. Okay, tomorrow. Okay, yeah, later. No, 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 no. Is it done? No, if it's not done, it's in the not done pile. And until it's done and I can cross off the done and I can just forget about it from my mind, it's not finished. I want to see it finished and fucking done. Pronto. If you didn't see it, it didn't happen. Keep this in mind, especially with staff, because a lot of them are going to say, oh, and I did this today and I did that today and I did this marketing today and I had this idea and I sent these emails, da, 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 da. If you didn't see it and you can't verify it, if you can't check on it, it didn't happen. It needs to happen again and you need to watch it or you need to find a way to verify it. Oh, you had this idea and you spoke to all these clients. Okay, well, I didn't hear you speak to them and I, I ain't got time to check the phone records, so we're going to call them again. Did anyone buy? No. Okay, let's call them all again. I called them yesterday. Cool, call them again. Didn't see it. Didn't happen. Doesn't exist. Next. Everybody loves a winner. This can go down to how your brand works and how your company works. Never, ever, ever admit a problem and never, ever, ever admit that you're struggling. Ever. Don't do that. There's a guy on Twitter who recently started putting on his email list about how it's been a hard year of business for him. That does not make people want to buy from you, bro. It makes people not want to buy from you. Everybody loves a winner. Nobody loves a loser. If you come along and say, my business is fantastic. We make so much money. We have so many clients. We're great. You want to work with us. We're doing fantastic. People want to work with you. If you come along and say, well, you know, we're new and we're struggling. We're new, but we're, we're, we're small. So we, you know, we value each customer because we're small. No, we're small, but we make a lot of money because we do a very good job for our clients. Everyone loves a winner. They're going to love you more if you're a winner. Nobody likes a loser. No one feels sorry for a loser. And no one trusts a loser. No one has confidence in a loser. If you're going to go in for brain surgery and there's two fucking guys there, you want the guy who's like, yeah, easy, easy, no problem. You want the confident guy. You don't want the guy who's like, uh, don't know, it's the first time I've done one of these. Mm. Even if they're the same qualifications. People love winners. They don't love losers. And winners in life are brash. Get a bit of water. Look at me, the ultimate winner, Mr. Winner. What am I? Brash, confident, arrogant. So when I tell you, I'm gonna teach you shit, did I say, I've run some businesses and I think maybe there's a few things I could teach. No, I told you I know fucking everything. I'm gonna teach you fucking everything I know. And I've made millions and you're gonna make millions. Everyone loves a winner. Come across as a winner and people are far more likely to trust you. Don't be coming across as a loser. Never admit defeat, never admit problems, especially to customers and clients. 
As far as they're concerned, your company is perfect. It doesn't matter if your office is on fire. You don't have to tell anybody. You have to keep bringing in money. Your warehouse is set on fire. You know what I would do? I've got this company. I sell bouncy balls. My bouncy ball warehouse is on fire. I come in on Monday morning, my bouncy ball warehouse is on fire. You know the first thing I do? First thing I do is I tell all my salesmen, okay, the warehouse is on fire. We can't fill any orders. Call everyone up and try and get some orders. The first thing I do, even when my warehouse is on fire, is tell all my fucking salesmen to try, just like normal, to bring money in. Because that's all the business is. And that's all that matters. And that's all that's going to fix your problems. I don't say, send an email out and let everyone know that our warehouse is on fire. I don't sit and say, okay, slow down the orders because we're low on bouncy balls. It's going to be hard to fulfill. No, no, no. I say, sell some fucking bouncy balls. I'll fix it later. Get some money in the bank now. Next. Keep an eye on competitors and steal their ideas, especially before they get traction. Because if you stick to the rules I've taught you thus far, especially with speed, you can overtake them anyway. So if you see someone, hey, I did this the other day, man. I did this exact thing the other day. I saw someone launch a free Telegram group on Twitter. I thought, good idea. So I stole their idea, I started a free Telegram group, I'm in their group and my group, and my group is five times bigger than theirs because I promote it six times a day with my staff retweeting and adding a new tweet with my link, and he doesn't because he doesn't work as quickly as me. If I would have sit around and waited or thought that was a good idea and did nothing, it would have been much harder to catch him. So the point is, if you see a competitor idea, steal it right away, and then implement the most important business lesson, number one, speed, and then you can overtake them. Keep an eye on the competitors and be ready to steal. Steal, steal, steal. Steal everything they do. If you see your competitor start a GoFundMe, start one. Why not? But just advertise it harder, blast it everywhere, do things they're not prepared to do, make sure your staff are, get better pictures, write better copy, speed, 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 and overtake them and beat them. Even if you don't beat them, just take away some of their momentum. You sell bouncy balls. So I don't know why we're on bouncy balls today, but we are. Your competitor starts a GoFundMe for their bouncy ball. You start a GoFundMe for your bouncy ball. They raise 100,000, you raise 50,000. Well, if you didn't raise that 50, perhaps your competitor would have raised it because the people who are interested in bouncy balls may have gone with him instead of you. So not only have you raised 50, but you've also taken 50 from him. It's a double whammy. It's not the fact that you've raised 50, it's that you've also taken 50 from him. So if your competitor is doing anything, Steal his idea, even if you're not going to pull it off, just to take some of their momentum away. So with the war room, if I have any ideas on how I want to promote the war room, I do my big ideas on the days that other groups are trying to open up for membership. Just to combat them. Just to take some attention away from them. Even if I don't get any of their guys, it doesn't matter. Just so they don't have a free reign. Never give your opponent free reign. Because that's what your competitors are, they're opponents. So keep an eye on them and be prepared to steal their ideas even if it doesn't work that fantastically. Steal it and implement it purely just to slow them down. But I'll tell you, a few times I've done this, and if you do it right and you do it with speed, you can often overtake them and you can often beat them. I've done it myself, so trust me, it's very, very doable. Next, I've spoke about this already, but it's important. Money and business as a hustler is your life. It's your life, meaning it's all you do. I'm not saying you can't do anything else. I'm saying you mix everything together. If you go for dinner, try and go for dinner with some guys you need to talk to about business. Make sure your people around you, your friends are talking about business. If you have to go somewhere, try and go somewhere for business. Let's say you really, really want a holiday. 
you're a bouncy ball company, you made lots of money, you really, really, really want a holiday. Cool. Do you really want to go to the Seychelles or could you go to India and have fun? You've never been there before, still got beaches and speak to another bouncy ball company while you're there, maybe get some cheap product. Mix everything together. You can find a way to do all the things you want to do with a business objective tinge. Trust me, you can do it because I've done it myself. Even things as simple as with the cam girls. I really wanted to go to Thailand, so I told all the girls, okay, if we make this much money this month, I'll take you all to Thailand. That was work. They all worked their asses off, they hit target, they felt like they got a free holiday. I had to go there anyway, and they made me a bunch of money. Always tie work into all the other things you have to do. Your whole life is work, your whole existence is work. So you can tie it all in in every single way, because that's what hustlers do. Hustlers never turn their brain off of the money. So anything you have to do in your life, try and put a work tinge on it, because it's very doable. Before you know it, you'll see that if you're awake, you're working. That's how I live my life now. It's 20 past midnight and I'm working. If I'm awake, I'm working. Soon I'll go to sleep. But until then I work. That's how it goes. Right, next. Develop a phone addiction. If you don't have a phone addiction already, develop one. And maybe it's bad for your mental health and your happiness, but we don't believe in burnout. So that ain't real. I am very, very successful in the realm I'm in now with social media. It's because of the amount of content I produce, the amount of original tweets, original ideas to YouTube channels, the amount of ideas I have for courses, the amount of speaking I do, the amount of videos I lay out, my Instagram stories, the pictures I take. I am always on my phone. Anyone who knows me will say, Tate lives on his phone. If I'm awake, I'm probably on my phone. I live on my phone because my phone allows me to do so many things. People who don't have phone addictions will tweet once, write an email, put their phone away and go about their day. That's not how you get ahead. If you're sitting there and you don't know what work to do, here's what you do. This is a very, very simple way to start making more money. It's very, very simple. Go on your phone. Look at all your apps. Delete the games and bullshit. Just delete them. I don't care how far you got in Candy Crush. Just fucking delete it. All the apps that could make you money, put them on the first page. Twitter, if you make money from Twitter, your email, whatever. All the apps that can make you money, you put on the first page. And you sit on your phone and you refuse to put it down for three hours. It's one o'clock, I'm sitting on my phone until 4 p.m. You get your phone, open it up, first page, and you refuse to put it down. And you just keep going through the different apps and doing something. You'll find work, you'll be surprised. You'll open up Twitter, you'll write something, you'll retweet something, open up your email, Scroll through, oh, this guy, I haven't heard from this guy in a while, email him, open up your gallery, okay, you got some product pictures. Actually, this, pic this product might look good like this, let me take a picture like this, okay, let me tweet that out. Just sit on your phone and just fucking do things with apps that can generate money. Develop a phone addiction, you'll increase your fucking income. I'm telling you, I have a phone addiction because without my phone, I can't make money. With my phone, I can make money. So this is the reality of the world. Phone addiction is gonna help you to make money. It's absolutely true. Next, nothing is too good to be true that you sell. Maybe they say that in life there's many things that are too good to be true, but anything that you sell is certainly not too good to be true. The bee's knees, what you sell is amazing. This whole modesty, honesty shit ain't gonna get you to the top. It really isn't. Everything you sell is fucking fantastic. And you can speak this into existence. I've worked so hard on this because I've told everyone how great it's gonna be. 
So by telling you all it's gonna be fantastic, I've worked super hard. If I didn't say that and I sold it much softer, I wouldn't feel the same obligation to try as hard. If you sit in front of someone and tell them, look, I'm gonna do, fu- do an amazing job for you. This, I'm gonna do an amazing job for you. You're never gonna, it doesn't matter, copywriting. You're never gonna have a copywriter as brilliant as me. You're never gonna have a copywriter as punctual or as skilled as me. You'll be a better copywriter for that person than if you didn't say it. Nothing's too good to be true and you can speak it into existence. Everything you sell is fantastic. You just tell the cameras all the time. Guys keep asking me what I do in private. Tell them you're gonna give them the best private of their lives. I'm gonna give you the best private you've ever had. And the guy would be like, really? Why? What are you gonna do? You're gonna to have to find out, but I guarantee I blow your mind. Maybe she doesn't blow his mind. He doesn't come back, who cares? Maybe he goes, I blow my mind. Maybe he's a bit drunk and maybe, maybe she does the same old shit, but he just loves it because she's hot. Who knows? Nothing is too good to be true. Nothing that you sell is too good to be true. Put that spin on it. That's what people want. We live in a world where it's difficult to get people's attention. People have ADD. People are constantly looking all over the place. So if your offering doesn't come across as absolutely fantastic, they're not interested. We don't live in a world of mundane. Look at Instagram. Everyone's got supercars. Everyone's traveling the world. Everyone's got perfect bodies. Everyone's on the beach. Blah, blah, blah. This is the world we live in now. So you need to have a product that reflects that. Where people, it doesn't matter what your product is, it doesn't matter if it's fucking bouncy balls. It needs to be something that people are like, wow. If, if, if even half of what he's saying is true, I need that. Put that spin on it. And also, you're gonna work harder and produce better results when you have that personal obligation. Next, we're tearing through these lessons here because we've got a whole bunch to learn. If you guys listen to everything I've said to you so far and you look at your company and you literally go through one by one every lesson so far and implement it in your company, you're gonna see how quickly things change. I've given you a lot of fucking knowledge here. Every single one of these points is important. Every single one can be implemented. Next, spot bullshitters. Now, this is very, very important for people you're gonna do business with, for business partnerships, for clients, for everything. Spot bullshitters, and there's a very easy way to spot bullshitters. What you're really trying to do is find out if people have money or not. And everyone pretends they have money when they don't. Do you know the easiest way to see if someone has money? The car they drive. I refuse to believe there's a man out there who's a multimillionaire who still drives a shit car. Yeah, there's some, there's some dorks, but if they're that, if they're that kind of person, then they're the kind of client you don't want anyway because they're tight-fisted. I see so many guys on Twitter, I'm an e-commerce, six-figure, multi-millionaire, nine-figure, eight-figure, talking complete bullshit, and they don't even have a nice car. If you made nine figures, bro, you'd have at least one Lambo. I mean, I'm, I don't make nine figures, and I'm sitting on six supercars. So what the fuck are you talking about? Learn to spot bullshitters, and it's not hard. I get email propositions twice a day. Hey, Tate, you make a lot of money. I'm a nine-figure moneymaker. We can work together on... Uh, uh, uh. Spot bullshitters. Same thing with people who come in to work for you. Let's say you're trying to hire a salesman. What car does he turn up in? If he turns up in a nice car, he must have sold some product for the company before him. If he turns up in a shit car, he didn't sell much. So you say, oh, how would you go to your last job? Oh, I was the top salesman. Then why the fuck are you in a Toyota? And I'll ask people that. I don't give a shit. I'll ask them straight. I was the top salesman. Then why are you in a Toyota? What do you mean? Well, if you're the top salesman, you made so much money for that company, surely you got paid good commissions. Why are you in a Toyota? If they come back and go, oh yeah, well I sold the most and the company commission wasn't well and they weren't paying me what I deserve, that's why I'm here. Fine, 
But if they start panicking, oh, uh, 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 spot bullshitters, put people on the spot. Don't let anyone lie to you. Don't let anyone famoose you. Because if you get famoosed, you're a goose. This is a word I met in T2. Geese are for famoosing, and goose are for famoosing. So geese and goose. I know you're sitting there thinking, what the fuck's Tate talking about? Hear me out. Geese are all the people out in the world. Once you start interacting with them, and you get to know them a bit more personal, they go from one of the geese to a particular goose. So you famoose the geese to make them a goose, and you famoose the goose to get the cash. Do not let some idiot famoose you by bullshitting you and either taking your money or taking your time when they're a liar. Do not be a goose for some dude to famoose. You famoose the goose. You famoose the geese. You don't get famoosed or famoosed. Write that down. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch it again. Because no one famooses me. I got an email the other day from some guy. Tate, got a business opportunity for you. It's an Amazon store, it's 30 grand and it generates profit every month, you haven't got to do anything. I'm like, well, how does that work? Because I always let, I let people talk. Remember the business lessons, let people talk. How does that work? We start a business, we start an Amazon store with very little margin. We, we start selling sofas. If the sofa costs us $10, we sell it for $10 and a penny. We start building up loads and loads of positive reviews. We build up loads of traffic. When the Amazon store is at the top, then we start selling them for $10, $15. Now you got $5 profit and you start building profit. You don't have to do anything. We do everything for you from start to finish. It costs 30 grand. I'm like, okay, but there's a big chance here that you can famoose me. I can pay you 30 grand and there's no guarantees you can disappear. It's like, okay, yeah, where are you based? I have a personal meeting. Oh, no, we can't personal meeting. We're based in fucking Taiwan. Okay, so you're trying to famoose me. So, but I let him talk. I got his idea. I came back at him and said, look, give me a store for a week. Let me check it out. And then if I like it, I'll buy. He wouldn't let me. And that was the end of the conversation. Point is never, I was trying to spot the bullshitters. I'm 99% sure they were bullshit. I put them on the spot and I was making sure that I know end up a goose for someone else's famoosing. Don't do that. Why? Why? So a lot of you who run businesses will get sales and you'll know how they bought. They use their credit card. You know where they bought on your website. You know where they found out about you or who they heard of you from, a referral from a friend. But you don't know why they bought. This is the most important question. When's the last time you've asked someone why they bought something. You sell little electric motorcycles. Someone buys one. Have, what's the last time you emailed them? Why did you buy our product? And I know because people don't ask because then it assumes like your product's low quality. No, you just got to say, hey, fantastic decision. We're collating information. You did a really good choice. You bought a fantastic product. We'd like to know your individual reasons why you bought. Oh, I bought this electric motorcycle to commute to work. I bought it to travel around my estate. I bought it for my kid. Whatever. The whys will tell you more about where to advertise and how to sell more products than the hows, the wheres, or the whats, or the whens, or all the other fucking shit that everyone collates. Everyone collates all the hows, whys, wheres, whens. Sorry, the hows, wheres, whens. No one collects the whys. This is the only reason I give a shit about. The war room. How did you hear about me? Twitter. Where did he buy on Cobertate.com? 
What did he buy with? He bought via Gumroad with this card. When did he buy? At 1233. None of that helps me sell. Why did you join the war room? I joined because I wanted to feel like I was part of a community and I, in my local area. Da, 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 da. So then when I advertise in the future, I say, do you want to feel like part of a community? This is the question. You need to find out why everyone bought because that will also tell you why more people will buy. Nobody asks why. With the cam girls, when my girls would get a good client, a really good guy, a top level guy, they would say, why do you choose me? There are so many girls online that you can pick from. I'm just curious why you picked me. Oh, because you're really fun and bubbly. Or I love that outfit. Or I liked what you were doing here. I liked what you were saying there. Ask your top 10 customers why. Maybe seven of them all have the same reason. Now you know why you're getting big customers. Nobody asks why. Nobody asks why. I'll get email after email. Please rate our customer service. How was this? What did you think of this? No one asked me why I bought in the first place. Isn't this the only question that matters? You need to identify the whys so you can create future whys. Why is all I give a shit about. I'm uninterested in anything else. Why do people buy? So you need to, if you have a customer base already, understand that. Now they may say, oh, because you know what? We have a good relationship and I trust you. Perfect. Then you know it's not about the products, it's about you as a person. That's good. That's just as good as I really needed that product and you were the cheapest. Whatever. That'll teach you if you need to have cheap prices. That'll teach you if you need to continue to be more friendly. You need to identify why. Our, my hosting with CobraTech.com is done with a particular company. I don't know anything about hosting. It keeps going down. It pisses me off. But the guy who does my website, James, he believes in them. And I think it's because they do some things for him which are complicated that he'd have to do otherwise. And also his, their customer support is good. His whys are there. Now fast hosts don't need, they don't know this. But my point is he has strong whys he wants to use them, even though so far their service has been fucking shit. But their whys exist and the whys are saving them. And the whys will save you too. If the why people, if someone buys something from you and you ask them why and they say it's because you're a great guy and your product fucks up, you know you need to play on the fact that you're a great guy. If they, ask, if, if they bought from you and, it, and you asked why and the answer is because it's cheapest and the product fucks up, you need to offer them a cheap replacement or a cheap solution. Why did they buy? Because especially if you ask enough people, you're going to find out what is the actual triggering, triggering mechanism for people to buy your products in the first place. People buy from me because they trust me and because I have results. If I say, why did you buy from me? Because Tate, I've been following you a long time and I can tell you don't bullshit. This tells me that I need to be more authentic with my message. Show more receipts, more proof, more. Because this is why people bought and this is why people will continue to buy. With the cam girls, I came to you because you know what? You're just honest and, I, and I've had all kinds of shit from, for girls. I like that you're just yourself and you're not putting on an act. You're not acting all sexy. You're just chilling, eating pizza and being yourself. I've had cam girls sit there in their pajamas eating pizza, being themselves. That's why they got that particular client. I've had other guys who come and say, oh, you're always dressed the best. You always have sexy underwear on. So it's the opposite. But different girls have different customers. 
different girls have different clientele, different businesses have different clientele. What is the why for people who have already bought from you? And can you identify the why for people buying the future? Give people a why. And the easiest way to give them a why is to work out the why that worked previously on people who've already bought from you. Why? No one asks this. Start fucking asking. Also, ask yourself why. Think of the last thing you bought. Why did you buy it? Why? Think about it. Doesn't matter what it is. I bought water. Why I was thirsty. Okay, so how do they advertise to me? You're a water company. You have a chance to put a billboard outside of a gas station. What do you put on the billboard? Well, I'll tell you what you should put on the billboard. So you can go on the billboard and go, Evian from Mountain. This is because even big companies make this mistake. But I'm telling you as a hustler, I've made money and I know that why is the only thing that sells. Evian can put a poster up that says, from Mountain Volcanic Springs, 6,000 years old, below the surface of the earth, mineral water. Or they can put up a sign that says, stop, are you thirsty? Hydrate yourself, Evian. Why did I buy the water? Did I buy the water because it's from a mountain spring 6,000 years ago or did I buy it because I was fucking thirsty? If you advertise to my why, I'll buy more. So the poster should say, you're thirsty. Maybe you don't even realize, you're thirsty, Evian. Why, what's the why? I bought water because I was thirsty. You need to put a why on it. And big companies even make this mistake. Selling pointless bullshit from mountain springs, da 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 da. Why? I don't come into you and start selling saying, Hustlers University filmed with the best cameras in the war room with solid oak walls with a fucking whiteboard and a chessboard. Why were you gonna buy this? Because you wanna learn how to make money. So I sell the why. I'm gonna teach you how to make money. Fucking ask people why and sell the why. Because not enough people do that. Right, next lesson. Everything is a sell. So I'll give you an example of this. In T2 television, we, I made a mistake that Dan, the crackhead, corrected me on. And the mistake I made is I had an opportunity to get credit when I didn't when I didn't get it. So a client called me up and said, hey, uh, Andrew, hi. We were supposed to start our campaign on the 10th. We won't have distribution in place. We need to start a campaign on the 15th. I replied, no problem. Okay, no problem. Didn't make a difference to me. I booked the airtime for the 15th. No difference. What I should have done is put a sell on it because everything is a sell. What I should have done is go, ah, that's a problem. Airtime's booked months and months in advance. Okay. Is it definitely the 15th? Because I'm gonna try and move this for you. Is it definitely the 15th? Yeah, okay, can you send me an email confirming you wanna change your airtime from the 10th to the 15th? Put it in writing for me. I'm gonna get in touch with the TV channels because everything's already been scheduled. So I'm gonna get in touch with them. I'm gonna try and pull some strings. I know I have some other clients who are starting around the same time. Maybe I can move some airtime around. Let me see what I can do for you and I'll come back to you. Okay, or let me know, bang. Come back to them six hours later. Okay, I managed to pull it off. We're moving everything. It, I didn't do anything. I put a sell on it. Like I did a bunch of work for him. Now he's like, yeah, well, when I need to change my airtime, Andrew changed it. Yeah, I remember, remember Andrew, they're good. Should we go to the other company or should we stay with Andrew? Well, Andrew, before when we had problems, he, he fixed them for us, he, he pulled some strings. I didn't do anything. 
So when after I said, yeah, no problem, Dan said, no, you fucked up. I was like, why? He goes, you had the chance to get some credit out of that company and to build a rapport and to look competent for no reason. Dan was a crackhead, but he was a good salesman. And he was right. Everything is a sell. Everything is a sale. You're always doing them a favor. And you do that by putting a sell on it. Everything's a sell. Everything's a chance to sell. I've had customers come to me and say, hey, uh, I want to order this product but I want it to come in an unmarked package because it's for my wife, I don't want to know what it is. All my products already came in unmarked packages. Do I reply, they already come in unmarked packages, don't worry. Or do I reply, okay, what's your order number? I'm gonna make sure I put it in an unmarked box for you personally. He'll tell me his order number. Okay, all right, let me get this done for you. Da-da-da. When it's sent out, just to let you know, I've made sure the box, I've checked the box, it's definitely unmarked. That person's gonna buy from me again because when they needed something, I was there. I didn't do anything. I put a sell on it. I took the credit for something I didn't even fucking do. Every single thing is a chance to sell all the time. So let's say you're a video production company, for example, and the client goes, oh, I need it in this format, this format, this format, this format. Instead of going, yeah, no problem. Go, okay, well, usually it takes some time to convert or some of these formats can be quite big and quite difficult, but don't worry, I'll sort it out. I'll make sure. Can you send me a full list of the formats you need? This, this, this. Yeah, okay, I'll make sure the conversions are all done. Even when I film it, I'll keep this in mind because sometimes the aspect ratio, I don't even know, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about complete shit. The point is, I put a sell on it. So now the person's like, yeah, that person's really good. I needed all the different formats and da da da. I mean, just click a button. I'm sure it's just clicking a button on the computer. Who gives a shit? Put a sell on everything at all times. And many people throughout the sales process will often miss a chance to put a sell on something. So if someone buys something for you and they want any kind of 1% request, even if it takes no effort at all from you, that is your chance to sell harder by putting a spin on it, putting a sale on it. I hope that lesson's been driven home because I do this all the time. Not with Cobra Tate, not with these kind of products, but with any kind of physical products, all those kind of things, I'm always putting a sell on it, all the time. Sometimes I do have to do things. Sometimes it's not always as easy as doing nothing. My point is, make sure the client knows how you've worked for them. That's an important point. Next, take every offer seriously. So, I, when I was selling TV advertising, I went to a meeting once with a guy and I sat down with him and he let me explain everything about TV from start to finish. It was a three hour meeting, everything about how it works, da da da. At the end, he said, okay, I'll get back to you. I called him up. He said, I'll get back to you. Anyway, I got, because I was working with Dan and we believed in hard closing, I got to the point where I said, look, got to do TV now or you're going to have to be able to do TV this year. Airtime's filling up. It's going to take time to get your advert approved by the advertising body because of the kind of product you are. We need time, blah, blah, blah. I tried to hard close him. And you know, he replied to me. He said, Andrew, I want to let you know that I was never going to do TV. I never had any intention of doing TV. But when somebody comes to talk to me about something, I'll sit and I'll listen. That is a smart guy. That is a smarter guy than the guy who goes, TV, no, not interested, thanks. Let people talk. Mr. Amazon store. I was never gonna buy his fucking store. Still, I said, well, how does it work? Uh, and we put 1% product and then we, it was one cent over and we build up the reviews and da, da, da. Now, if I ever want to start an Amazon business, I already know something, I already know a little trick. I've learned something. Always let people talk to you. Never. Take every offer seriously. Let people speak, even if you have no intention of ever spending any money. Don't get famoosed. Don't be a goose. Don't let their sales pitch work. Be smart enough to let them pitch you and play along without letting it work. 
Like when you're on a date with a bimbo and she's saying, I'm a good girl. And you're like, oh yeah, I can tell you're a good girl. And you know she's a hoe. Don't fall for it. Because some people will fall for it. In front of a slick operator, they'll still fall for it. Don't fall for it, but let them try. Because that's where knowledge comes from. I used to say this all the time when I was, once again, when I was selling TV. Sometimes I'd try the marketing manager, they'd shut me down, and I'd call up and try and get the MD. And sometimes I'd get the managing director. And I'd say, I'm just going to let you know that I had a fantastic offer to put your client on TV and your marketing manager wouldn't even speak to me about it. Get, trying to get him in trouble. And he's like, what do you mean put me on TV? So we had an opportunity for paid advertising and also product placement with some free opportunities. I'm trying to call your marketing manager and they won't even speak to me about it. Before you know it, the marketing manager is calling me back because the boss has told him off. You know, some guy's trying to put us on TV and you're, you're not even taking his calls. So beef people. Make people have to listen to you. And when people want to tell you something, sit and listen. But if you're a smooth operator and people are listening to you, you can close them. But my point is this. Sit, if anyone comes to you with any kind of offer, Andrew, I want to sell you an Amazon store. Andrew, I want to build you a back end for your website. Andrew, I want to design you a new website. Andrew, I want to be your copywriter. Andrew, I want to do this. Tell me why. Tell me what you'll do. Tell me why I should use you. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah, okay, 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 no. How do you think I know so much shit? I think I fucking learned so much. Smart, clever, patience. The main reason people don't do this is because they're lazy. Oh, I don't, I'm busy and he's trying to talk to me about TV. I'm not going to do TV. should have listened to me because you would learn a whole bunch of stuff. You know what you learn, you'd learn during my pitch about TV? You'd learn the difference between TV and magazine advertising. You're already doing magazines. You'd learn about the difference between TV and newspapers. You'd learn about why my adverts on TV are more successful than advertising on magazines and newspapers. You might learn something about how to change your copy in your magazine adverts to have more success. You would have learned something, but your stupid ass didn't want to listen to me. So when people come at you with offers, let them pitch you. But just don't buy anything unless it's really good. Do not become a goose. Let me draw a goose. Don't become a goose. Next, this is another really important point where people are fucking up. You don't have to understand it to make money. So let's use cryptocurrency. At the height of cryptocurrency, when it was all going crazy and Bitcoin was $20,000 and everyone jumped in and everyone lost money. Even me, I lost a little bit. Everyone was getting involved in cryptocurrency. So I had another boy who I knew who was super involved in crypto. We both put about 100 grand in crypto. For the next three weeks, while I was working on other projects, he was watching videos on how Bitcoin works, how the blockchain works, how the exchanges work. And he's sitting there going, da, da, da. And I'm like, why are you watching that? He goes, because we have money invested and you know, you got to understand the market. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have to understand something to make money from it. I'm a hustler. He goes, what do you mean? I was like, no matter how many videos you watch and how much you know about Bitcoin, it's not going to change the global Bitcoin market. It's either going to go up or it's going to go down. It doesn't matter what you learn or what you sit and watch. It ain't going to change anything. He disagreed with me strongly. How can you put money somewhere you don't understand? It's like, all right, bro. I understand up and down. It's either going to go up or it's going to go down. I understand that. I understand how to get my money in and out. I understand the important things. I don't need to know about how the fucking blockchain works. I really don't. He disagreed with me. Three weeks later, it crashed. We both lost money. You know what the difference is between me and him? During those three weeks, I made more money than him. 
I made most of my loss back because I was already hustling on some other project while he was watching blockchain videos. Do you see the difference? Put it in, I understand up and down. Okay, whatever, next, bang, bang, speed, next, open this business, bang, next, next, okay, boom, launch the war room, next, bang, bang, money, 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 money. Oh, Bitcoin's gone down, whatever, money, money, I've got new money. When Bitcoin down went down for him, he's like, oh, well, the blockchain says, mm, starts watching more videos. You're not changing what's happened. You don't need to understand something to make money from something. You don't need to understand the chemical composition of concrete to sell concrete. What you need is concrete that someone will fucking buy. What you need is money in and fucking dish some concrete out. You need to know how concrete works. And if you do need to know how it works, you hire someone who knows how it works. You do not need to understand things to make money from things. People who think they need to understand everything to make money from it, waste so much time. You don't have that time to waste. The cryptocurrency example is a perfect one. To this day, I have over a million dollars in crypto. And to this day, I don't know how fucking blockchain works. And I don't care. It goes up or it goes down. No matter how much I know about the blockchain, ain't going to change whether it goes up or down. It's going to go up or down. It's with the gods. Do not waste your time spending energy on something that's not going to directly correlate to money in. Because that goes against the earlier lesson. What's the earlier lesson? Money you spend, any money you spend, has to go back to the income. You spend money, does it add money in? You spend time, does it add money in? You spend energy, does it add money in? Researching the blockchain, does that increase the price of Bitcoin? Yes or no? No. It does not equal money in, so stop fucking researching it. Sure, you could argue, well, if I research the blockchain, maybe I can start some company around the blockchain. You look like a geek. We're hustlers here. It's bullshit. You do not need to understand things to make money from them. What you need is people who are going to give you money. That's what you need. You don't need to understand everything about what they're giving you money for. You just need them to give you money. I'll tell you this is another example. I right now, as it stands, don't understand really fucking HTML or CS fucking S or fucking HTTP or I don't understand any of it, but I just use it and utilize it to get money. I don't need to understand it. I understand this. And this is what you need to understand as a hustler. You don't need to understand all the bullshit. You need to identify a why and make people buy from you. Don't waste your time fucking trying to understand every intricacy. Yes, being super knowledgeable about certain products is essential. And yes, it will make you some money. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying be a dumbo. I'm saying there's a lot of time people spending energy on things they don't need to spend energy on. Or trying to understand things they don't need to understand. When the only key most important thing is this. Money in. Keep that in mind. So let's look at my Forex program. My Forex program is making money. It's doing even better than the Warren Trading Academy. It's making money. I keep putting up receipt after receipt after receipt because I know why people buy from me. People buy from me because they know I'm authentic. That's the why. So I keep proving I'm authentic to continue to sell. Everyone who's joined the Forex program is doing fantastically. Do I understand Forex? No. I don't know how my traders come up with the trades they come up with. But I'm still making money with Forex. I don't understand it. How did I do this? Well, I understood that I'm going to hire people, like I said earlier, who know something I don't. So I went to Dubai with a dollar retainer and hired a dollar trading team that worked for hedge funds, the best in the business. So now the only way people like you can get access to a trading team is through me or with your own dollars. And I'm cheaper. They place a trade for a bank. The bank makes 10%. I place the same trade. I make 10%. You place the same trade. You make 10%. Now we're rolling with the big boys. Now, since I've placed that retainer, have I sat at the graphs 
trying to understand how they came to the conclusions? Have I analyzed the Japanese uh, economy to work out why they think it's going to go down against the euro? Have I sat and watched news for 14 hours a day like they have? Or have I fucking just carried on with my life? I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it. I found people who understand it. I've paid them a whole bunch of money. They're competent, and I know they're competent. They're proving themselves competent, and everyone's doing well. I'm making money from Forex, and I don't understand it. If I can make five, six, seven thousand dollars a day from something I don't understand, doesn't this prove my point completely? And now there's a whole bunch of geeks out there who in my position would sit and go, okay, now I need, now, okay, I'm making money from Forex, got a Forex team, I need to understand why they place the trades to do, I need to learn everything about Forex. Whereas I'm thinking, I'm gonna launch Hustlers University. Now, okay, maybe I could learn everything about Forex and replace them and save myself next year. There's an argument for that. I don't believe I can replicate in one year or learn enough in one year to have the experience that those six men have across 20 years of trading. <clears throat> so in that mind, in that perspective, I think it's a waste of time trying to learn anything. If I'm not gonna learn enough to replace them. I don't need to learn anything because I live in a binary world. Can you replace them, yes or no? No. Then it doesn't matter if I'm 99% close to replacing them or 1% close to replacing them. I can't replace them. So it doesn't matter. So instead of sitting around looking at Forex, I launched Hustlers University. Because I get shit done and I'm a hustler. So you don't need to understand things to make money from them. It's very, very important. Right, next. I see a lot of people get into business and then by extension end up getting into politics. Politics is for big boy business. Politics is for Amazon. Politics is for the steel companies who have trade tariffs and fucking war, tax wars against China. You're a hustler. You're small time. You're going to be a multimillionaire and still be very, very small time. Politics is a mental trap and it doesn't matter who president is, it ain't going to change whether you're going to be successful or not. Even if the president changes and taxes go up, I doubt the tax increase is going to be the threshold just enough to sink your business. You're either a business that makes it or you're a business that isn't. I doubt that a new president comes, tax goes up 2% and then your business fails. I know this happens with some businesses and some industries and some sectors, but in your particular case, that's very unlikely. Politics is a mental trap. You do not have unlimited energy. You have a finite amount of energy and you cannot waste it. Forget politics. You're a hustler. Forget politics completely until you're a multimillionaire. Only then do politics matter because poor people are unimportant. If you're still poor, just forget politics altogether. This is a really key point. I see people get into business and they start talking about, oh yeah, well, we're going to lower the taxes through Trump. Shut up. Are you making millions of dollars? No. Who cares about taxes? Care about this. When this is big enough for the 1% tax increase to be worth millions, care. Until then, you're busy. Fucking dorks. On my notes here for my 100 lessons, the lesson I've written down here is Famusa Goose and Famisa Geese. It's an important lesson. You got Famusa Goose, you got Famisa Geese. See, you guys don't understand what that means. If you have the hustler mindset, that means something. You're sitting there going, what does that mean? It means something. So let me tell you the story of the time Glenda saved Christmas. So Glenda owned a company called Bomb Bomb, which was organic lip balm. And it was, it was December 17th. And every single company had closed, basically. And we had no money for Christmas. Me, Dan, and Tristan, and my one member of staff when T2 was in its infancy for TV. We had no money. And we're trying to hard close business, but it was too late to get them on TV for Christmas. 
Everyone wants to do TV next year. Why would they pay you just before Christmas? They all are like, we'll talk in the new year. It's impossible to get money out of anyone. And we're trying our best to hard close. If you buy now, you get a special discount on next year. If you buy now, we can get you bulk packages. By the time it gets to new year, you can hit the ground running. We can already have your advertising standards agency paperwork done. Every trick we can think of. Da -da -da -da. And eventually, we, through a process of a three-hour phone call, convinced Glenda, the owner of BombBomb, Bomb, to pay us half of an invoice of upfront, which gave us like seven grand, which we split up between us so we had three grand each for the week over Christmas. Now, to you, that doesn't make sense. You're like, okay, what's the point of the story? The point of the story is we needed money pronto. So we did everything it took and sat down and thought of every hard close, advertising standards agency hard close, free airtime hard close, creative hard close, everything we could, and we tried it on everyone. And eventually, what we managed to do was famoose a goose. Does that make sense to you? You have to famoose a goose. Maybe if I didn't famoose that goose, in the new year she would have decided to do something else. A bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Money in the bank is money you can spend. Money in the bank is not money you can spend. Famoose the goose. So one of my cam girls had a really big birthday. Two years ago on her birthday, her cam birthday, it was my birthday and she'd like have balloons and it would cost a certain amount to pop a balloon. There's a surprise inside and she'd have a cake and she'd drink shots and get drunk and have this big 12-hour show. She made $10,000 in a day on her birthday. For the year after, she started saying to all her customers a couple months in advance, don't forget my birthday. And all her customers would say, okay, I'm saving, I'm saving. And they'd stop tipping her to save her, save money for her birthday. And she'd obviously still talk to them and give them lots of attention because they're saving for her birthday. And I told her, don't do that. What do you mean don't do that? I said, that is a fucking terrible idea. She goes, why? I said, because you're not famoosing the goose. You need to take the money now. You don't need them to save their money. You can save their money. Take their money now. Who cares if they tip you nothing on your birthday? It's just a day. If they've got money now, famoose it. Take it. Oh, but I want a big birthday. I want a big birthday. I was like, bitch, don't you understand that these dudes are just going to spend the money somewhere else or change their mind or tip some other cam girl or they're going to tip you a amount they saved to your birthday, which is less than the cumulative you would have had anyway if they tipped every day that they're supposed to. She wasn't thinking of how to famoose a goose. She was thinking like most people think about business. Hi, Glenda, do you want to do TV? Probably in the new year. Okay, yeah, I'll call you in the new year. That's not famoosing a goose. Hi, Glenda, do you want to do TV? Yeah, in the new year. Fantastic. If you don't want to do TV in the new year, we need to start right now. Immediate need. Right now, it's, it's, it's about, our company's close, it's about to be Christmas. Exactly. So while everything's down, we're going to do all the advertising standards agency paperwork. We're going to make sure that we can hit the ground running. We're going to make sure that in the new year, we have no delays because in the new year, obviously lots of customers were sorting out things for their campaigns and we don't want to have any kind of delays. We don't want to have any kind of, we don't want to miss the window to be successful. When do you want to be on TV? Ask her. doesn't matter who her answer is. March, April, November, who cares? Yeah, exactly. So we are low on time to get everything ready because if we miss that window, then we're not going to have a successful campaign. It's my job to make sure your campaign is as successful as possible. So the last thing I want to do is miss that window. So what I think we should start doing is advertising standard agencies paperwork now. Uh, 
I don't know, I need to speak to my husband. Okay, well, I just need to speak to your husband and I know it's up and coming to Christmas, etc. What I just need from you is a commitment. If you can give me a commitment so I know that we're definitely gonna go ahead with the campaign, we can start advertising standards agency paperwork. Usually we take 50% up front. If you can pay 30% of the campaign now, then we'll make sure that the paperwork's done in time so it's all submitted before Christmas. So it's the first thing on the pile that gets done when they come back. Blah, 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 blah. Famous! Glenda saved Christmas. We literally sat in the office when that bank transfer came and bought a bottle of vodka and drank it and we're laughing about how Glenda saved Christmas because we had no money, zero, now we had money. Glenda saved Christmas. We got on the phone and famoosed a goose. That cam girl was not trying to famoose. And guess what happened when her birthday came? Guess what happened when her birthday came? Who's always right? Hi, babe. I'm gonna tip you, but I couldn't save as much as I hoped because they were too busy tipping other girls. They were getting your attention for free and spending the tokens they're supposed to be saving on other girls. So they give you a, a big tip, which is shit compared to the cumulative of all the tips you'd had anyway. Guess how much she made on her birthday? Guess how much? 6,000. She cried for three days. Stupid bitch. Told her. Oh, I just thought they really liked me. You fucking idiot bitch. For moose to goose. If I didn't famoose Glenda and I called her in the new year, she might be like, oh, well, over Christmas, we were watching TV and we decided that it's not for us. Or I was talking to my uncle and my uncle got me drunk and touched my pussy and now I don't want to do TV. Who knows? Who cares? If you don't famoose it, it ain't yours. You need to famoose a goose. You need to famoose a geese. That's a lesson I've written down here. Write it down. So when you're sitting there going, how do I make some money? Where's the goose? Where's the gooses? Where's the geese? Famous them. Famous them. Does this make sense to you? As a hustler, it makes sense to me. Get this in your mind. Famous a goose, famous a geese. Don't be like my cam girl bitch relying on the future. Don't let Glenda have Christmas with the money in her bank when it should be in your bank. Famous a goose. Next. This kind of ties into the whole don't get too legal before you get rich. The rules don't make anybody rich. The rules don't make people rich. The rules are to be broken. So I'm gonna tell you the story of my biggest ever television deal. And it ties in to my business card, it ties into a lot of my lessons. So I'm gonna need my board for this one, this is a good story. My largest ever television advertising deal was how I bought my first Aston Martin. And it was 300,000 pounds with a profit margin of around 100,000 pounds split three ways between me, my brother, and a salesman called Gerald. And this was for a company I may not have mentioned yet in, in this fucking thing. My career in TV was long. In between T2 and Vixels, for a six-month period, I ran a company called Povey Sindel. Don't ask why. Random name, sounds important. And we sold TV advertising with our top salesman from T2. When I left T2 and left the company to Dan, which he ran on his own and drove it into the ground, I started another agency with our top salesman who left T2 to come with me and Tristan, and we started Povey Sindel. So, our largest ever TV advertising deal was SkySig. SkySig sold electronic cigarettes. Electronic cigarettes are not allowed on TV. In England, at the time, they were not allowed on TV. But we called them up and told them that we could get them on TV because we're experts at passing the Advertising Standards Agency and that we could guaranteed get them on TV. And they were very interested in speaking to us and we flew to Scotland and we went to the meeting and I remember when I flew back from Scotland checking my bank balance and I had like 300 pound to my name 
I was broke, but I dressed up in a nice suit. And we convinced them we could get them on TV, and we convinced them to do this £300,000 contract, and they were so desperate to get on TV because no one else could possibly get them on TV, that they paid half up front, 150, and the other 150 when they were gonna go on TV. Now, what's the lesson here? The lesson is this. The rules need to be broken because following the rules will never make you rich. If I would have followed advertising standard agency rules, I would have never got rich. I broke the rules and lied. And I took all their money and I thought, fuck it, I'll find a way to get them on TV. Because just like my business card said, if you give me the money, I'll find a way. I got them on TV. Now their advert didn't say electronic cigarette. It didn't show an electronic cigarette. But I got them on TV. It was bullshit, random lifestyle pictures with a ending that led to a website. And it was all curiosities. People thought, what the fuck even is this? I don't even understand. So people go to the website because they didn't understand what it was. And the website was their products. But I still got them on TV. It fulfilled my obligation. How did I get rich? How did I get my first... To me, that's a lot of money between me and Tristan, 66 grand in a day. How did I get that money? By breaking the rules. You've got to break the rules and you've got to be prepared to take the money. So if someone comes to you and goes, can you do this? And you sit and go, no. You sit and go, yeah, I can, this much. Make them pay, find a way. Worst case, you give them the money back. I'm not saying be a scammer. Don't be a scammer. Be the kind of guy who can do the impossible. They're very different things. I did the impossible. Like my business card said, if there's a problem, if there's money you're prepared to pay me for any service, I will do it. I will break the rules to get paid. So you're sitting there going, oh, well, this is how we do this. This is how this is done. When you do this, you have to do this. Don't be a geek. I've heard this from so many email copywriters. Oh, you need to put your, e your, your business address at the bottom of your emails against the rules. Against what, the, the email rules? The email police? Oh, the email police are coming. Oh no, the email police. Uh, oh, did, did you hear about Tate? He got shot dead by the email police. Fuck them. Fuck the rules. I don't care about the email police. I do what the fuck I want. I will email you as many times as I fucking like. Unsubscribe then. And I won't put an address on the bottom. If I had to put an address on the bottom, it would be fake. Because I don't give a shit. Because the email address, the address on the bottom, the postcode, the physical address at the bottom, is not going to put more money in my pocket. It's not gonna add anything to my money, so I don't give a shit. I can't explain. Even discussing it annoys me. It's a waste of time, it's a waste of energy. I don't care, because I care about money in. So I don't care about dumb shit. I break rules, all the business rules. I break them all. I do whatever the fuck I want. As long as it brings money in, I don't give a shit. As long as it doesn't put me in jail, I don't care. If you're sitting here, one of the greatest businessmen in history is the guy who ran that fire festival. Have you seen that documentary? If you haven't, watched the Fire Festival documentary. The guy was a fucking genius. He got a whole bunch of influencers, got J Ja Rule, got Emily Ratowalski, whatever, all a whole bunch of fucking super beautiful models, advertised this festival on an island, did exactly what I said, promised there to be, made it too good to be true, promised private jets, promised luxury villas, promised all this crazy shit with no money, took millions and millions of dollars off everybody, tried to make it real, took the money first, tried to make it real, made everyone, told everyone they had to use electronic money inside the festival, so they had to upload their money on the website and it would be converted to electronic money, took millions more, completely fucked up, didn't deliver any festival at all. And when it all went to shit, 
He didn't even fucking care. He made millions. All his staff were like, oh, this is so bad. We've robbed so many people. He didn't give a fucking, he didn't care. Guy's a genius. Then what did he do? Now he's in jail because he pushed it too far. Then what did he do? Took the Fire Festival email list, started emailing everyone, promising them front row seats at the Lakers or an exclusive audience with Drake in a private room that for $100,000 a ticket for things that completely didn't exist and took millions more. Now he's in jail. So he pushed it too far. But don't you understand the genius? If he would have not done the second part and just stopped with the festival and just gone to court and been like, yeah, my staff were incompetent. They didn't do the things they're supposed to do. The government of the island changed their minds last minute, which is true. And it ruined everything. And I'm really sorry that I didn't deliver. I'm gonna try and pay back as much money as I can. But he followed my business principles and he famoosed loads of money off the top, looked after himself first and not the business. He could have just taken millions for no reason. The biggest famoose. All the geese got famoosed. He famoosed all the geese. He pushed it a bit too far. But if you would have stuck to everything I've taught you so far, don't you see how he would have made 10, 15 million dollars and got away scot-free? Guy's a genius. How did he do it? He broke all the rules. Fuck the tax man. Fuck this. Fuck that. We're going to do the best festival. Make it sound too good to be true. Speed, speed, speed. Let's get loads of advertising out. Take all the money in. All the money in. All the money in. Don't worry about actually doing anything. Just take all the fucking money. Get all the money. Get all the money. Guy's a hustler. Can't say he's not a hustler. Look at charities. Charities do the same thing. Oh, give money for the poor African kids. None of it gets to the African kids. Charities keep all. They're for moose, you. For moose. Straight for moose. Life is a famoose. Everyone's famoosing you. Starbucks is famoosing you when you buy a fucking coffee for four euro and it costs them two cents, including the cup. Then you ask for a large and it's four euro fifty for this much extra hot water. Bigger cup, bit more water, 50 cents. What's the margin on that? 49.9 cents? You're getting famoosed, so get prepared to famoose people. Fucking fire festival guy was a genius. This guy I'd do business with any day of the week. He understands how money's made. Get it in. Get it in. Promise some Drake tickets. Promise some Drake in an exclusive private room, 100 grand. Okay, we've sold five of them. What do we do? Okay, we'll try and contact Drake. Drake won't listen to us now. Okay, then, then message him and say that uh, we can't do Drake, but we can do a guy who says yes. Who says yes? Jerul. Okay, tell him it's Jerul, and they also get free access to the next one, to the mystery one. Put some curiosity on it. So they all go to Jerul, and they're waiting for the next one, and then and they don't charge back because they're just curiosity. We'll handle it later. Handle it later. Sell tickets. Get money in. 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 Fire festival. Guys, G. He knows more about business than the dork who goes, I've started a company and I've got uh, my tax certificate and I've got my VAT number and I've, I've registered my logo and uh, I've, I've started my website and I'm, I'm going to hire an advertising agency and hasn't sold a fucking thing. That guy knows business. Fucking fire festival. He didn't even have a festival. He didn't give a shit. Money. He stuck to my principles completely. He didn't have a festival, but you know what he did have? A fucking payment processor. He had that. $20 million. He had that. Jesus Christ. Most of you people start festivals, start fucking going and buying tents. You wouldn't have no money, no one signing up, no payment processor, and you'd be looking at tents. Fuck tents. Where's the cash? Famous goose. Next lesson. Always, always sharpen your tools. So at T2 Advertising, we would, every Friday, in the morning, sit and go through our television advertising pitches. Even though I had some people who worked for me for a solid year and knew it word for word, we would still sit there, everyone in the group, 
and the experienced guys would pitch in front of the non-experienced guys to teach them something and we would constantly sharpen our tools. If your tool is a phone pitch, practice. If your tool is an email, get a copywriter to analyze it or analyze it yourself or do a, a double blind test with two different types of email, practice. If you're getting leads through advertising, of course, refine them. Always be sharpening your tools all of the time because your competitors are and you don't want to be the one left with the blunt ax. You need to be always sharpening your tools. How are you getting customers? XYZ, fine. How can we sharpen XYZ or try another way of XYZ or improve XYZ? Because XYZ is what leads to money in the bank and that's all a business is. Always be sharpening your tools. If something's working now, it probably won't work in six months. So you need to find something else. Or you need to get that tool that is working now and needs to be sharper so it is ready for six months from now. Stay ahead of the game. Too many people find something that works and they start sitting on it. Can't sit on nothing. Not in this world. Because the world moves fast. You don't end up like blockbuster video, do you? Oh, everyone loves renting videos and if you do Netflix, you can't buy popcorn. Boom, out of business. Dorks. Head of the game. Another point. And the reason I say sharpen your tools is this. Good salesmen, bec salesmen become good by being thorough. And once they are good, they become lazy. So my, in, in, with TV, my best salesmen would become best because they would follow the script to the letter. But once they started getting deals in, they thought they knew everything, they'd become lazy with their pitching. This is how people are. Once they think you know it all, you're lazy. And this is another reason why you have to sharpen your tools to remind yourself how you got good. It's like being a fighter. And I'm winning my fights with Jab Cross. I'm good now, I'm world champion, so I'm doing spinning kicks and all this shit. Jab Cross, it's worked for a very long time, got me to where I am. Sure, add something to it, maybe. Have an alternative, maybe. But never forget the basics. Always sharpen your tools all the time, especially for sales guys. If you're a guy out there and you're a sales guy, and you, and you land a few good deals one week, I guarantee, even though your pitch may be motivated, even though you'll be happy, your pitch is probably a little bit less thorough than when you haven't landed any deals. Because you're like, oh yeah, people are buying from easy now, so hey man, do you want, do you want TV? Like, no, you've got to be back to the beginning, back to the start. Gambler's fallacy, doesn't matter if it's been red 10 times in a row, the odds of it being red or black next time is still 50-50. There's no more likely to be black than it is to be red, just because it's been red a bunch. Stick to your tools, sharpen them, stay thorough, especially when you get good, because that happens a lot. This is especially true in the digital world, especially true with your online advertising, especially true with your video production, your cameras, all the latest shit that comes out, the new tricks. You gotta be on top of it all. When Instagram first came out, there was no television advertising company in the world that thought we need to be, may be able to optimize videos for Instagram. Not, it didn't even cross their minds. Now there's a whole bunch of kids, students, kicking their asses at it with iPhones. If they were the first people who thought about it, sharpen their tools, stay ahead of the game, they could have been the Instagram advertising gurus who made billions. Always be ahead of the game. Always sharpen your tools at all times. And the fast-moving industries, super important. Next. Create problems and instantly solve them. Sell on problems. So, why are you here? Why are you in Hustle University? Because you want to learn how to make money. So how did I sell this to you? I told you you don't understand money. You don't understand how money is made and I'm gonna fix it. That's what I said to you, now you're here. Have I done a good job? Yeah, I didn't lie to you, I didn't con you. 
but did you see I identified and sold on the problem? Earlier when I was talking about the pen, what did I sell on? The problem. You can't write your ideas down properly. You don't have this pen. You have to sell on the problem. Television advertising, I sold on the problem. You're not reaching enough people. How can you sell more if you don't reach more people? How can you be seen as a premier brand if you're not on TV? Problem, solution. Here's your problem, even though you don't know you have it, here's the solution that I can provide. Doesn't matter what you sell. Bouncy balls. Give them a problem. If you drop your ball, it breaks, but if you drop my ball, it bounces. But why does that matter? Well, why do you want to break your stuff? You don't want to break anything. You're going to buy a ball, you need to buy my ball, so it never breaks. I'm going to give you a special deal on this ball right now. Identify a problem and sell. If you know, if you can identify a problem with people, couple that in with the why, you'll be able to sell shit all day long. All day long. So, even my cam girls did this, man. Even my cam girls would do this. They'd be talking to a guy and they wouldn't say, come private, I'm so horny, da 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 They'd give them a problem. They'd say, you're not satisfied, I can tell. God'd be like, LOL, what do you mean? I don't know, I can tell by the way you talk, I don't think you're really satisfied. When's the last time you came really hard? The guy's like, uh, well, uh, even they had a, last week with my wife, or you're right, or it doesn't matter what they say. You've now told him there's a problem. He was fine until you told him there's a problem. Now he's thinking, oh yeah, maybe I'm not so familiar. What's the solution? I have an idea, I'm gonna do something, I have an idea. Let's do a private, it's gonna take a long time, but I promise, I promise it's gonna be different than anything you've ever done. I think it's gonna drive you crazy. Even if the private's the same, who cares? Identify the problem. You have a problem, I have a solution. If a cam ho can do it, you can do it. You have a problem. Doesn't matter if you're selling fucking, one of the guys in the war room selling oil pipe equipment. You need this new valve. No, we don't. Yes, you do, because the valve you're using is not as efficient as these valves, and you're wasting money. Problem, wasting money. Solution, my valve. Doesn't matter what it is. If people don't know there's a problem, they're not gonna buy. Tell them there's a problem. So you need to find out whatever you're selling, and you need to find a way to tell the people out there, the mass market, that they have a big issue. Big issue, you need this. So all my cam girls did the same thing. I can tell you're not satisfied. Bang, have to do it, basic tricks. Next, and this is a very, very important key. <sighs> Buying from you should make people feel happy and important because if you do that, they will never stop buying from you. People want to be happy and people want to feel important and most people are not happy and most people don't feel important. Buying designer clothes, spending $200 on a fucking t-shirt is done so they feel happy and important. I'm wearing designer. Buying from you should make people feel happy and important one way or another. Even if you're selling gas valves or, gas valves or bouncy balls, something boring, then you send them a fucking fruit basket the next day. Who gives a shit, it's 20 bucks. Something so they feel important and happy. Doesn't matter what it is. You need to find a way so that people who they buy with you, they feel important and happy. Everyone who buys from me feels happy and important because they're getting exclusive knowledge. This is the reason I don't go mainstream with cold traffic. The reason I don't go mainstream with cold traffic and become like Ty Lopez, and I probably make a lot more money, is because then my people who buy from me won't feel happy and important. Because everyone would have, oh, everyone, Andrew Tate, yeah, he's, yeah, I've seen Hate You. Have you seen Hustlers University? Yeah, yeah, everyone's seen it. 
You guys have stumbled across a dark portion of the internet and you're getting all these secrets from a guy who refuses to go mainstream. I do that particularly so you guys are very happy with your purchases, knowing information that other people don't know. So that's an angle I've developed. It doesn't matter what your developing angle is, it doesn't matter, but you need people to feel happy. And even more importantly, you need people to feel important when they do business with you. I've done business with this person. This is why people pay stupid retainers to the big advertising agencies. They pay crazy money because they get to do business, they get the prestige that comes with it. Find a way to make all of your clients feel prestigious. Doesn't matter what it is. If you do that, you're gonna have a lot of repeat business and people, it's gonna be much harder to steal them from you. So it doesn't matter what your industry is, you just sit and think, how can I make the people who buy with me or do business with me feel prestigious and important? So let's say you're selling a copywriting course. Who gives a shit? You sell a copywriting course, you email them all afterwards, hey guys, I've got, we're gonna try out some of your copy, can you write copy for the Bouncy Balls company? They're a really big company, and I'm gonna submit some of your copy to them, and maybe they'll still choose you. Imagine this is all a lie. Imagine this is a famoose. But now those guys who've watched your copywriting course, they're gonna sit there and they're gonna type and they're gonna write this copy and they're gonna look on this bouncy ball website and go, this bouncy ball this is the biggest bouncy ball company in the world. I'm writing copy that might be used for the biggest bouncy ball company in the world. Now they feel important. They got a chance at something. Do you understand? Now they're feeling, oh, I'm important. Oh, wow, this is a big chance. Even if it never happens for any of them. All of a sudden you've added some importance to their lives. Now who else are they gonna learn copywriting from? You, who might give them a chance at something and make them feel important, or Joe Schmo. Super important. Now, the next chapter after this one is gonna be bonus modules. And the bonus modules in Health Service University are gonna be tasks I want you to complete. Now, I've just told you this is a bullshit task, but my tasks are not bullshit, my tasks are real. So there's gonna be real tasks I want you to complete. And I will tell you now, you stand 0% chance of doing good in any of those tasks unless you've internalized every single lesson I've taught you here. Internalized, it has to become second nature. You need to watch Hustlers University start to back four, five, six times in a row and then you stand a chance. So there's gonna be a few weeks before they're uploaded. Tasks are upcoming. Welcome to the end of the first portion of Hustlers University, the knowledge. Now you've got work to do. But you need to learn everything I've taught you. You need to learn it again and again and again. Go back to the beginning, watch it again. Take notes. Think of how you can apply it to businesses you've run before or businesses you're running right now. Think of how you can apply each and every lesson to businesses which you're thinking of running or up upcoming. Build plans, write things down, start getting information collated, starting to get it straight in your head because work's coming next.